Hey everybody, welcome to Let's Talk Public Service, brought to you by the University of Virginia School of Law. I'm your host, Lawton Tufts, and this is part two of our Big Four series, where we discuss the major paths our public service students pursue directly out of law school. Today we'll be focusing on government jobs, and more specifically, we'll be focusing on civil opposed to criminal positions. If you're interested in prosecution, that'll be part four of this series, and public defense was part one. So let's get straight into my conversation with Annie Kim on civil government work. So to start off, Annie, the field of federal government is pretty broad and wide-reaching and uh, encompasses a lot of different type of legal jobs. And so can you try to summarize this enormous field within... I'll give you 60 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Go! Oh, geez. Okay, all right. So... Federal government work, and I'm going to throw in state and local government, too, because I think they're kind of similar. If you're a government attorney, it's not that different in some ways from working out in the private sector or the nonprofit sector, except that you kind of keep your clients forever, and they have you forever. So it's working in-house, fundamentally. And I have this image of being at a big factory where you're making cars or something, TVs, And you're also there alongside the people on the assembly line. Like, you're there to help their jobs run smoothly and to make sure they're following the law. That's at least the way I kind of pictured myself in this work. Of course, you know, not everyone's there just to give legal advice. We have litigators. We have people who do regulatory work, who write actually regulations and propose comments. Uh, People who handle enforcement proceedings and advise people on how to investigate uh, corporations and actors. So there's a lot of variety within that. But but basically I would say that government attorneys are in-house. They're there to help support the operations of the agency, no matter whether you're at the federal level or the local level as I was. And the alum we spoke to for this podcast, Jennifer Ricketts, is actually at the federal level. She is a director of the federal programs branch in the civil division of the Department of Justice. Her branch defends against constitutional challenges to federal statutes and lawsuits against government policies and decisions. When we spoke with her, we asked her why she decided to enter the DOJ Honors Program after law school. There were several things about this office in particular and the department in general that just fit for me um, in surprising ways. One, the first and, and perhaps most important is I was and am a policy geek. And the litigation that we do in this office really falls at the intersection of law and public policy. So I could be connected to policy decisions, but not have to be uh, dragged into, you know, years of meetings and memos and consideration and belly button uh, examination process that policymakers go through. Um, I also liked the structure of federal court litigation. I liked that there were rules that we followed and there were timelines and processes. That surprised me, but that's something that gave me comfort compared to an open-ended policy process. Um, I liked the variety of cases in my office. I liked not having to be an expert in anything in particular, but getting a chance to sample a whole variety of cases. And I also liked um, defensive litigation, uh, which I was very surprised by. I'd intended to go into civil rights litigation, but what I loved about defensive litigation is it was fast-paced. I'm a little ADHD, and so I was jumping from, you know, matter to matter, not on a daily basis, but over months, uh, grab a case, dive into it, resolve it, move on to another 
interesting issue and learn about all different parts of the government. Uh, so all of those things were a surprise to me, uh, but it, I think, explains why I just felt suited for that kind of work. So Annie, you also have experience working for the government on the local side. Are there things you feel are unique to being a government lawyer, whether it's on the local, state, or federal level? Yeah, yeah. So one thing that's really unique is, again, you can't fire your client, and your client (laughs) can't fire you, uh, and you don't bill, which is kind of awesome, actually. So what's unique? I think the most unique part of being a government attorney, and, and one that I really liked, is that unlike every other kind of attorney, your number one goal is to do the right thing. It really is. So if your client wants to stray away from that, I mean, your client is not above the law. It doesn't matter how powerful your client is, whether it's a presidential appointee or, you know, a city council that's been elected by the people. Like, your job is to tell them what the law is and to give them advice about what is right. And it's not to do anything you can do within the the limits of the law. You're trying to do what's right for the people and right for the system. So I think that's probably the most unique thing about being a government lawyer. And also, you just get a lot of variety because there's so many needs. Again, you're, you're in-house, so your client, which might be an agency, which might be a local government, uh, is doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. So every day, you've got to work on something new. Exactly. Speaking of the variety, I guess since it does cover such a wide range of different types of jobs, is there a way to describe what someone might do on a daily basis? The answer is attorney? no. Exactly. You can't. <laughs> well, okay, I'll, so I'll take a stab at it. So I guess it's it's easy to understand what litigators do because it feels a little more concrete. If you are a government lawyer, you're probably on the defense side of litigation, which means that you're often in federal court or state court and you're defending actions that have been brought against the government. Sometimes you're working affirmatively to try to get justice in a certain area, such as making sure that, you know, Garment industry laborers are getting minimum wage payments, you know, in the city. So if you're, you know, in the New York Attorney General's office, you might be doing that too. But most of the time it's defensive. Otherwise, you know, the whole mix of practice areas comes in. And so it's really hard to give a day-by-day rundown. But, you know, if you're a regulatory attorney, you might be spending a lot of time looking at documents for an enforcement proceeding, uh, reviewing regulations, talking with your clients to give them advice. If you're a transactional attorney, you might be working on procurement issues or contracts, getting on the phone and negotiating things with opposing counsel. Or if you're doing the sort of general, I'm the attorney advisor, which is a lot of what you do when you're in-house anywhere, whether it's for the public sector or private sector, you're talking with clients and trying to figure out how to help them accomplish what they want to accomplish. And that can mean a lot of nuanced advice. It can mean going to meetings with them. Uh, trying to understand what it is they do, which can be fun and complex. So it's it's a lot of different things. Interesting. And you mentioned before that, like, part of what you enjoyed about being a government lawyer is you get to go and try to do the right thing for the community Mm -hmm. or for your client. Is there ever a time where, you know, maybe you're in a role working for, let's say, the federal government and there's a change in the administration Mm -hmm. um, and maybe a change where there's a new administration that you don't agree with. Mm -hmm. Is that a major issue to a lot of people? Is there a lot of turnover in government jobs because of that? Or does that sort of change your opinion Mm -hmm. on doing the right thing? Well, that's, I mean, that's a constant challenge. But I think it's good to keep in mind that of public interest, public service attorneys, 
people in government tend to stay on for the longest time. They tend mm-hmm. to have the longest careers of, of those that I've known and, and I've seen. And so what that means is you kind of have to be adaptable to an extent and know that every administration is going to have its own uh, policy agenda. On the other hand, the reason why you can stay and still feel like you're doing good work and, and why you still enjoy your job is that you know 90% of your job stays the same, maybe more, depending on what you're doing. There are going to be people who are political appointees, but that's a small, small minority of people that you encounter in government. And so most people, most of the time, are career appointees who've been there you know, under prior administrations, and you're just doing your job. I mean, the law is the law. Uh, so we definitely do see some turnover with administration changes, but for the most part, you know, I and the alumni that I've talked to and employers over the years just feel like they are there to do the right thing. They are not partisan, and, and they stick around. Exactly. Um, so having experience in government and working with sort of countless students and alumni that have been in government work, have you seen certain personality traits or work preferences that tend to be good for this field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a great question. It's kind of hard to summarize, but, you know, I think that one of the things that made it easier for me to do government work and why I liked it is because, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I really do care about the rule of law. I care about fairness, maybe because I was a second child and I was an immigrant. (laughs) I want things to be fair and transparent. I want good systems. And the government ideally should always be operating in this fair and transparent, consistent way. And so I think people who like systems, who do believe that rules end up ultimately helping people, uh, do best in government. But if you enjoy more like the fight, like you want to represent the little guy, you want to challenge the system, you want to change the rules and put pressure on people to do that, then I don't think it's a great fit. Otherwise, I think you get to do so many of the things that most lawyers like to get to do that there's not a kind of person or student who wouldn't enjoy government work in general. Uh, But I think that that client sense of satisfaction for maybe working for the underdog is not as present for government work for most for most people. Definitely. And part of that, maybe you're in not having that, not that you don't have fights all the time, but you don't have the fight for the, the underdog. I think, at least from alumni that I speak with, in some ways maybe that helps with your work-life balance. Like when you leave work, you can actually leave work. Is that something that you experienced or...? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the difference is that you do have clients in government. No matter where you are, federal, state, local, you have clients. But the clients you work with are also people who have jobs. And the work you do for them is to help them with their jobs. It doesn't mean that if you give bad advice, they're going to go to jail, you know? (laughs) And so it is a lot less stress emotionally, I think, to be a government lawyer, even though you have all the pressures of other kinds of legal jobs. So I do think that it helps to to compartmentalize some if that's important to you. It was important to me to be able to pursue other things and to have a creative life. Yeah, definitely. So in the end, government lawyering encompasses a whole lot of different types of work. So each job can look very different. And the plus side of that is that whether you're interested in litigation or regulatory work or transactional work, or wanting to be more in an advisory role, there's an opportunity for you to do that in the government field. The downside is that can be a little bit overwhelming because there are so many different options and it can be hard to figure out where to start. 
So come talk to us, make a counseling appointment, meet with a public service counselor, and also come to our government real deal panel because there'll be a good sampling of lots of different types of practices on that panel. I think that maybe the best way to end this episode is to go to another clip from Jennifer Ricketts, our alum, talking a little bit about one of her favorite moments of being a government lawyer. One of my favorite moments in the department was sitting in a room. It was actually the Solicitor General's conference room as the an entire team of people within the Department of Justice were trying to sort out how to defend the Affordable Care Act. I was a tiny piece of that. Uh, I don't get credit for any of that. But just the opportunity um, to sit in that room, to look out the window at the National Archives, and you could glimpse the Capitol, and to listen to the variety of people within the office, within that room, offering their suggestions or a different perspective or asking good critical questions uh, emphasized to me that there is value in everyone figuring out what they're at and then offering those contributions and not trying to fit yourself into some other position. I wouldn't would not have I would not have thrived in the positions of all those other people in the room, and yet I could contribute something based on things that I felt comfortable doing and really enjoy doing. That helps me get up and come in, even if it's a very frustrating. You know, week or month or year, um, I always want to get up and come to work. I never dread coming to work, but I, I really attribute that to the fact that I found something that I feel good doing and that I feel I'm good at. I was not good at it at the beginning, so I don't think it's something you're automatically good at. It took a while, but I do feel good at what I do now. <laughs>